specific leaders that we often call out are mostly in an echo chamber. If you look at their tweets, you just give it a quick scroll. Everyone is just agreeing with them, right? And it leads to this inflated ego where you're like, okay, I know everything. I am the best in the industry, but like you're not. You don't have anything to back it up. All you have people agreeing with you. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't make you a qualified leader. You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready, because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go! No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests. Stories or didn't happen. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn the f- up. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. I'm excited to have Chi Turkle as a guest. She's the head of content for Yanko Design and one of the most authentic marketers I know. Can't wait for you to hear this episode. Hey, welcome to the show. Super excited for this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I wanted to kick it off and just say, like, how did you get into marketing? Like, what is your background? Like, how did you get started? All that good stuff. Great question, because I actually was supposed to be a filmmaker. I spent all of my undergrad working um, with different filmmakers across India, and I got a scholarship at a film school in Paris, but I have Asian parents and they were just like no like that's not a real degree that's not a real job you have to find something else if we are going to spend money on your education so I was like all right so I went ahead and found a program that was called like global marketing communications and advertising and I did have like a media background so I was able to get in and luckily they waived off the application fee for that year it was one of their like milestone years I applied and I forgot about it. And I got in four months later and I'm like, oh my God, holy crap. I got into a marketing school. So now I kind of have to go. So I made a entire deck to convince my parents to spend all of those thousands of dollars to send me to school for marketing. And that was actually the first time I did marketing and they, they were convinced. So I went to school for marketing and that's when I even then I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm just going to do this on the side and pursue filmmaking. But when school was over, I was recruited by an experiential marketing agency in LA. So I just went with it. It was never my plan to be a marketer, but I'm a creative person. And then it turns out that I could still do creative things and I could still make content. I could still film things. I could still write things. Um, so I just went with the flow. And then today when I look back and I'm like, I'm glad that I didn't go to film school. I mean, I would have been glad either way, but I look back and I'm just like, wait, I'm glad that I went to the school for marketing because it gave me all these opportunities without having to constantly worry about lining up my next film project. Because when I was working as a filmmaker, that was like a big stressor for us, like finding the next big project. And then even though it is like that with like any business, it I find marketing to be a little bit more comfortable and it kind of fulfills both sides of me where I get to be creative, but I also get to be 
working with the business side of things, which was like not super businessy when we were working as filmmakers, but I really enjoy it. And that's how I really got into the whole thing. That actually explains a lot about your background because like I feel like you pride yourself on like storytelling and like quality like content and like how to piece those together and make a, a whole thing and not have just like these unconnected things going on so like did that like do you think filmmaking like helped you a lot as like a a thought process as a marketer yeah definitely i think my experience as a filmmaker certainly gave me a better insight as to how content can tell a story like not just visually but with like the captions with with all of the music it there's so much to content it's, it's not as simple as putting up a graphic from canva sometimes you add music the caption plays into it it definitely prepped me for all of the different branches that come with being a content creator and then when i went into content marketing it was super helpful because i'd already made content so it's very easy for me to market it so it's a very natural process and and i feel like that is one reason i really enjoy content marketing is because i've been and i still am creating content so i'm not forcefully marketing marketing something that i don't have a hand in creating and that's that to me is really fun yeah, I mean, this goes into the subject that we want to talk about, like, so there's all these people on networks, and especially during, like, the pandemic, everybody started creating content on these platforms, like, it was, like, just a boom that everybody started being on social, being on this stuff, so what is, like, the difference between someone who's a, a content creator, or, like, what even is a content creator, like, in your eyes, versus someone who is which at the top we're going to talk about a thought leader. Okay. Um, I think the basic difference. So, well, technically thought leadership, when I first came across the term, it was supposed to be sort of like a general mentor from the industry that would share like their insights, their knowledge, and kind of like bring actionable items or like lessons from their experience and then share it with this audience or share it with their niche. And then, now it has taken into it, it's taken a whole different turn and it's become this thing where it's just like fortune cookie stuff it's like things that you would literally find if i cracked open a panda express fortune cookie i could i could t- take one of those fortune cookie things tweak one word and then i would have like a viral tweet and i would be like the next thought leader so it's not it's not supposed to be this way initially was supposed to be like people who share their experience and actually help you get better in the industry and that's why they were called thought leaders and content creators i think are just is literally anyone putting out their work whether it's their writing whether it's their photography even just thoughts i think any original work or any expression of creativity is makes you a content creator so i feel like everyone on account on Twitter is basically content creator, how well they market their content or, or how often they make content is an entirely different story. But I feel like you said, with the digital boom, everyone is a content creator in some way, but thought leaders are very different. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting because some people like also see themselves as a thought leader. And then some people see themselves as a content creator. Cause I think like, 
And they, like you said, there is a huge difference. And some people, the problem, like actually I read something on LinkedIn today, like, like it doesn't really matter like where you're creating content. It's just like who you trust for that content. So like, I feel like some of the content creators or thought leaders out there are like, the issue I have is like with those, some people are that they, I don't know if they've actually had real like experience or actionable items to like say things like, so like they just yeah. saying things that any, like you said, kind of like forge So they saying things that sound good. I think like there's a fine line. Like if you have like that authoritative like thing and you're saying like, Hey, like everybody, you need to start like, let's say like by knowing your audience, right? Like that's from experience saying like, Hey, I've made the mistake and I I started doing like platforms first and I didn't think about doing my looking at my audience. But then there's other people who are just copying other people and saying, Hey, no, know your audience. And it's like, oh, yeah. Because it, it is pretty like like obvious. Like, yeah, it's an obvious thing. Like it really you should is. Your... And I feel like you're one one big difference that I see is like a content creator will also use the marketing jargon or just industry specific jargon but it still makes sense when they're t- when when you read their tweets for example there'll be a lot of people that'll be like okay community is a backbone of marketing and then they'll give you steps to build a community or how they've built one and then flip side of thought leadership they'll just be like build a community community is the backbone of marketing community is everything in marketing know your community and i'm and i'm just reading all of that and i'm just like okay but like where are you coming from? What have you done in the sector that like, you know, what, where is this coming from? Like, what, why are you backing this up with? Do you have steps? If someone will ask you, okay, how do I do it? What is your response? And more often than not, their response is know your community. And then you'll be like, okay, how? And they'll be like, build a community. And you're just running in a circle. And that's when you can quickly tell like, okay, this is a thought leader that really doesn't know anything. It's just like one of those fortune cookie ones. Because when when you question them, they can't take the criticism or they can't back up their answers. It's not the, it's not so much like, oh, don't say inspirational and motivational things. We all love to see that. We love positive content. And there are people who do it really well. Like I do, I remember you and I, we got off on a little a rocky start where you said, I think it was one of your tweets that said like helping others is a best strategy. It's a really good strategy or something like that. And I was like, I think you should just help people as a good person. Like I, for me, I was like, why is this a strategy? Right. So I was coming from that point of view from just like, why is this supposed to be a strategy? Why can't you just help people as a good person? But why I admire you as a thought leader is because you actually were willing to step back and look at it from my point of view, and then learn about it. And then that made me feel like, all right, I don't mind giving you a chance and understanding where you're coming from. And then we swapped stories. And now we're, we both understand where we're coming from. But there are still other people out there that will simply be like, be kind. And I'm just like, okay, but like, what, how is this related to any of the marketing advice you give? Yeah, I, I, I think you made a great point there too. I think one of the points that I say about like create, like being a content creator is that like the topics you talk about when you're creating content, you should be able to give a talk 30 minutes with that uninterrupted 
about that topic. For me, like I could probably talk about marketing operations without doing, and I could talk about growing an audience on like LinkedIn because I've done those two things. Like if I, that's why I never will go and talk about like paid advertising, like, cause I don't know the topic or I don't, I don't know the other things, but I've also, what's good about being in marketing operations is like, you see like, okay, the difference between like the, what I, what I get weirded out about too is like, like people like come and say like some advice is actually obvious, but like I've been in companies where like you will say to them, like build community, like this is the steps to building community and you should build a community. And they will think of it as like an afterthought. They will think of it as a thing. And then like the only way you get people to like start thinking about like actually thinking of it as like a, a thing is saying it over and over in repetition. So like, like I've been in this situation where it's like, hey, I think we should start moving our leads into a community before to nurture them before they became they become like qualified leads. And you'll be they'll be like, no, we should pound them with marketing all over. So it's like sometimes I think like the people who do that, like I see like Matthew Kobach, like he says pretty like inspirational things, but he comes from a place like he's just trying to pound things in people's head. Like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Do that. Gary V does it too, because he knows like he's had experience. Like, that's why I don't mind Gary V saying a little inspiration. You might have a different feeling, but I feel like he actually employs empathy and he, he has actionable things that he does to empathy. Like he will actually respond to comments. Like he will spend an hour of his time talking to a fan. Like that is empathetic. But if someone just says empathy is, amazing like it's a great marketing yeah. tactic and they ha- they don't actually employ it in their marketing that's that's where i have a problem with like the two people I saying totally, it people totally doing agree it. with you with any creator whether you're a thought leader or just like making content i think accepting criticism is very important i mean otherwise you're in an echo chamber and i feel these thought leaders that we call out often um, I don't want to name anyone, but these specific leaders that we often call out are mostly in an echo chamber. If you look at their tweets, you, if you just give it a quick scroll. Everyone is just agreeing with them, right? And it leads to this inflated ego where you're like, okay, I know everything. I am the best in the industry, but like you're not. You don't have anything to back it up. All you have people agreeing with you. And that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make you a qualified leader. It just makes you good at pleasing people you're a people pleaser at best or you're good for motivational poster writing for Pinterest but you're also you don't fall in that category for me because every time that I've questioned you as an audience and as a follower you always have replied one very politely and also you always back it up with actually actual actionable items that I don't see in many other thought leaders that I've tried to converse with or tried to just genuinely understand where they're coming from. So, and Matthew Kobach, I look up to him. He was one of the first people I followed on Twitter. And even though he has these inspirational things that he tweets about and talks about, all of them have come from a personal experience. So for me, that sets him aside as a thought leader because they're these are literally his experiences that he turns into digestible nuggets and then you know puts it out in the world as opposed to other people who would just be like don't be boring or like make epic shit and 
this is not advice. Every I don't think anybody wakes up, logs onto Twitter and goes like, I'm going to be mediocre today or I'm going to be doing boring stuff today. I just mm. don't think anyone wakes up with that mindset, which is why I feel like leaders like Matthew Kobach still inspire me. And I still bookmark a lot of his tweets because they genuinely give you a push or sometimes his experiences will be very similar to yours. And you can be like, okay, he overcame this with this mindset and maybe I can apply it to mine. But there's definitely a whole other side to thought leadership, which is basically just peddling the same, I wouldn't say snake oil, but just literally live, laugh, love sort of quotes. And that's like not helping anyone. That is that is just making, that's just adding unnecessary noise to the conversation and to the space. Like if you have a platform of like tens and thousands of followers, you could do a lot more with it than just tell them like, don't be boring you know i'm just yeah i mean i i think i think i know what you're talking about the don't be boring thing like what is it like what does that entail like what does it entail to be don't be boring because like yeah i mean like you could tell people don't be boring but that's an obvious thing but some people they don't know they're being boring that's the problem like they don't know that they actually the content they're putting out is boring so like what i just tell them like actionable things like it's boring to talk about yourself. Like it's boring to talk about your company. It's boring to only give inspirational quotes and not give actionable items. Like it starts, I mean, some people might not think that's boring, but I'm just saying like, that's what explaining what boring is instead of saying, if, if you say don't be boring and then back up, why not? Like how to not be boring. Like that's the heart, exactly. which I don't mind. You nailed it. And that's exactly what I would look for in a in a real thought leader. It's all right if you say, like I said, it's okay if you say motivational stuff, but can you back it up? If you say, don't be boring, can you give me five things that could help make my content more interesting? Or if you tell me, create epic shit, can you tell me what is this epic shit? When you say these things, you should be able to back it up. Otherwise, you are literally no better than a Pandex best fortune cookie to me. And at the end of the day, if you say that, if that's your audience, if that's your style of tweeting, I'm not going to hate on it. Everyone has different content. It's subjective. Not going to hate on anyone's art or anyone's feelings. But I feel like a lot of these thought leaders will say these very cookie cutter things. And then their header will say stuff like, follow me for marketing advice. And I'm just like, but this is not marketing advice. And that's the only thing that kind of pisses me off where if, if you're giving marketing advice, you have to have steps in it. It can't be a poster that I could just Google and find on Pinterest or I could just like go into a shop and it'll be the first thing you see. Like it kind of like, but first coffee, right? You go into a cafe and if you see that, you know, it's basic, you know, like they just stole it and they and like 10 other cafes have it so how is this any different if you look at it from a content creation point of view and it blows my mind how these thought leaders you know quote unquote thought leaders still get followers because i'm just here like i almost wanted to do an exercise by the way which is like i just wanted to spend a whole day tweeting like a thought leader just like just like stuff that is so obvious and i just wanted to see if it actually gets followers or if it actually gets engagement because i feel like that's what it's come down to now. People just want to grow their following or get higher engagement. And that's why they continue to do this. I think there's a balance to it too. Like for some people, like, and this is my point of view, it's okay to like 
do some things to grow your following. If the reason is that you're trying to get more people to hear the message you're trying to like portray, like actually the crazy part is like, I've had some like tweets that gone gone off, but the most, the most followers I get is when someone else like says, follow this, this person, mm-hmm. like, and that's the tweets that I care about more than someone like my tweets getting like virality or something like that. Obviously, I mean, I know as a content creator, like, and I, I would admit it publicly, like I've done things to get more likes and followers mm-hmm. on, on things like the cookie cutter crap you're talking about. But I would also say, like, if someone questioned me on, like, why I said that, I can, I could definitely, like, back up, like, my statement, like, why I, I would, I said something like that. That's my problem with some people that, not naming any names, but this, that's my problem with some people with a lot of followers is, like, what experience are you coming from? Like, what have you done? Like, let me go look. Uh, like your other content that's not just twitter like let me look at like do you have a podcast like where do you work like what works have you done like that's why that's why i think there's like content creating and there's also like someone coming from like authoritative like experience background saying it like matthew kobach has grown audiences at like a company so i i respect that like sahil like he says some like things that are pretty like punchy and like quick. And he comes from a bag of being a founder of Gumroad. So like I like him saying it gives me things that that's why I think like for me, it's all about the biggest lesson I think people should get out of like thought leadership is like you really should know what who's thought leader, the content you're consuming. Like I think you should like look at the source before you like hit retweet or hit like or hit something that's my thing it's like i try to consume like content from people that i know have experience or like or are saying things that from like their own experience because i know like i try vet out those people like that's why i don't follow too many people because i try to keep twitter is like my one place where it's like a cleaner feed of like people that i know yeah could do that other people i just like watching to see like what hacks they're doing today but yeah i just I think surprised when you followed me because i felt like we came from these different twitter verses where we're like oh thought leader and content creators so I-, I have no content creators who, like sorry no thought leaders who follow me for obvious reasons so i was so shocked when you followed me and i was so pumped when you were up for this conversation because it's very important to have and like we were talking about earlier it- it's we have to understand the two different point of views. And like you said, if it's coming, if that thought leadership or that kind of authority is coming from a place of experience and can be backed up, that's great. But if it's coming from just a place of, I want to grow engagement followers, we all love that. Not going to deny that every content creator loves validation. We're all humans. But if it's coming solely from a place of, okay, I'm just going to get to this number of followers and then I am like a celebrity on Twitter. I don't know. It inflates your ego. And then that is when like you start to hurt the industry because now you have this large platform, this big audience. You're calling yourself a marketing, you know, an expert and giving out advice that has remotely nothing to do with anyone's jobs actually in marketing. So that's the only thing that like 
kind of riles me up when I see them disguise themselves as experts in marketing and then just like peddle the same stuff that you see literally an intern can tell you. That is the only thing that like, like riles me up. And that's why I admire you, like I told earlier, because you're, like you said, you back it up. I've We've had conversations and you've always backed it up. And that's why I have respect for you when it comes to like thought leaders. It's just as a content creator. But I think now on Twitter, there's the whole group that is really like growing and it's now starting to hurt younger people. Like the whole point of thought leadership is that you help new younger people that are coming into the industry. And like you mentioned, like the advice you give is the advice you wish you had heard when you were, you know, just getting out of college. But like with the new set of thought leaders, that's not what's happening. They're giving advice that is literally so generic. It's, I don't think it's helping any kid coming out of college because, and, and God forbid you ask them why they'll block you. And I feel like that certainly puts our industry or just like the community that we've built on Twitter in a bad light. I'm new on Twitter. And I, and I when I first joined like six months ago, I was like, wow. What? I am scared to say anything because I'm afraid people will block me. And then now I've just shifted my perspective into like, well, they, they can block me if they want to, but I'm just here to share my experiences. And if someone can question, if someone wants to question me, I'd be more than happy to back it up. I think I said a tweet like about like a while ago, and I said there's a big difference between like someone who's critiquing you and someone who's negative. There's this whole thing going on Twitter, and I believe it's a, I believe there's truth that it helps like unfollowing people who are negative, but I don't believe like unfollowing someone with a different opinion. Like that's mm-hmm. a different that's not negative to me. Like negative to me is someone who is constantly bringing people down. Negative to me is like if you're reading their 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 tweets, it's making you feel like negative in your like mental health but negative is not someone who's like like i appreciated like i appreciate getting called out because it actually like grounds me and like makes me think like oh maybe i said this like not clear enough so someone didn't like got a different message out of it that's what i think like i'm like oh okay if if they say if, if this person's saying this about my content maybe i've said something that is not clear enough or it's people might be comprehending it the wrong way which is not what i want because i strive to be as simple as possible with my content just because mm-hmm. simple meaning not like simple as advice but like taking complex and trying to make it as simple as possible because that's the advice i would have wanted when i was like i didn't want i wouldn't want people like trying to explain like facebook ads to me like they're i'm an expert at facebook ads i want someone to, to explain facebook ads to me that I I've never got into marketing before like and what is a Facebook ad and that's what that's the type of people I don't like when they critique because it's like okay yeah I get that you understand this is a part of like marketing if you're questioning me it's fine but like I get you understand that it's part of marketing but it also like a lot of people who don't understand this as part of marketing, they not in, they haven't been in the industry for 10 years and understand this. Like they're literally new people. Like I, I bang in my content, like, Hey, learn people, learn psychology, learn this, stop, stop coming out of college and like just learning the best Facebook as an SEO, like start hanging out with people, build relationships, like read Rory Sutherland, read like Daniel Pink, read these people who, 
you can learn about an emotional connection with humans. And it's like, you don't learn that in college. I pound that in the head of people. And it still happens in the industry. Like these most experienced marketers don't do it. And it's like, so, <laughs> but it's like also very obvious advice, but it's like people, I, what I get annoyed is people agree with it. And then I'm like, you guys aren't doing it. That's what the annoying, annoying part is. Like you yeah. guys aren't doing it. Like I know for a fact you aren't doing it. Cause I see, I've been in companies. It's like, okay, let's focus on revenue. And I forget about the people element of marketing. Like, I uh, totally feel you on that. I wish more people were like you when it came to taking criticism. It It is harsh sometimes, which sure nobody likes to be told like, hey, you know, this is wrong with what you just said. But that's where you grow as a, as a creator or just as a person. That's how you change. I think you have to leave room for growth. You have to leave room for yourself to be like, okay, I didn't do that right. And now I'm going to change. I don't know why people are so afraid to go back on their words. And something that I've seen most thought leaders do is like we call them out and they know that they're wrong. And they'll just be like, oh, that was just a joke. Oh, I was just, that was just an ironic statement. Like, no, it was not. I just wish like people don't use it, use the statement. It was a joke as an excuse to not get better, to not change. It was, if it was genuinely a joke, you wouldn't defend it with so much passion but i do feel like all of us content creators or thought leaders can can have room to to grow if you learn new information and just change i don't think there's anything wrong with changing how you felt about a certain subject or changing what you said and then just improving i think all of us can take that away from this conversation yeah and i think one thing that i mean i got from you like critiquing me and i've I've had other people who constantly come in my post and critique me which is i respect it i try like i actually think about like okay i will put out more like content that's that is helpful mixed in with the stuff that is pretty like obvious as well like because i want to also show people like okay i under i do understand marketing like i don't want people to come up and say like oh daniel murray is just saying high level stuff and he doesn't know anything about marketing so like that's what i didn't like that's why like the critiquing helped me because it made me think like okay i don't want to come off and people like say okay this guy's like a fraud and like not saying things so like my tweet i've been thinking tweeting lately i'm like okay like let's say like things that people think about it that maybe don't think about as as actionable as possible some things that i do which is kind of like obvious but i do it for like user feedback is like i'll say something obvious because i want a lot of people to comment and so i can get user feedback like i'll say like what's underrated and blah 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 and i'll say community mm-hmm. building and i still think it is underrated in my point of view because people say they do it but they don't really do it but i'll say it because i want feedback so then i could read comments and then i could like learn what what people actually want me to talk about because i can't like what are actual underrated things that people talk if it is email maybe i could talk more about email marketing if it's this if it's that if it's like micro influencer and it's also for me to like think of how marketers are thinking like oh okay so sometimes like you have to do obvious things to get like engagement to get user feedback because if you say something then it gets like three comments like you're not getting as much like 
feedback to like improve the industry so like the, the, there's like a fine line between like being punchy and not being that so yeah it's not saying that you d- agree or disagree with this but that i that's I, i'm just telling you the opinions i'm coming off from because i lo- i love like social listening and like like I'll go, I like, I go into like, if you're, if one of your posts go off, like I'll go and read all the comments and see like who was commenting, what people are saying, like who's agreeing with it, who's disagreeing with it, just to see different points of view. That's like my favorite thing to see who's disagreeing, who's agreeing, who's saying this, who's saying this, is someone saying something smart about this or someone just saying like, yes, like, honestly, I started on LinkedIn when I go and I stopped posting on LinkedIn because everybody like posting engaging content on LinkedIn because I didn't get many critiques and everybody was like agreeing with everything I said so I'm like am I getting even better because I'm just saying things that people are like saying yeah good job I I totally agree with you I'm like oh cool I get you totally agree with me but is any thought behind the comment you're saying like yeah it's it's like how on Instagram because I work mainly on Instagram Twitter is just a happy accident for me and it's the same thing, right? When you, when I put out content for my brand on Instagram, and if it's just like emojis, like there'll be a hundred comments and they're mostly all emojis or like, yes, yeah, so good. But I'm just like, okay, but what is so good? Like, mm-hmm. what do you like? What do you dislike? And just like you said, I'm always looking for people that bring in a different point of view, even if it's like different from mine, because it helps me get better. And then I know if I have to be more sensitive in my wording or if I have to be more vulnerable with my, um, with sharing my experiences. And I feel like the all thought leaders in general can learn one thing from content creators is like share a personal anecdote. I feel like even if your advice is super simple or super obvious, like, like you mentioned, community building is underrated. I feel like if you were to share your own personal experience as to why you think it's underrated or how are corporations not giving it enough attention or something that you face that made you feel that way. I think that would just make a seemingly fortune cookie advice into something that is more relatable. And then that would still invite more conversation. That would still invite people to be like, yes, that happened to me and then share their experiences. And I feel like that is something that sets creators apart from the quote unquote new style of thought leadership but I feel like you're certainly still on like the fence of being a content creator and a thought leader I think you do balance that pretty well or at least you have been ever since I've been observing more observing with more attention because now now I do in my head I don't want to be a hater right I when I do call out I try to do it in the most polite way as possible because I'm not here to hurt anyone's feelings or tell them how to run their show everyone has their own journey and I'm nobody to force correct anybody the only time I point things out is when they do cross a line or when they're when they're not when they can't back it up with facts and I think you actually do a very good job of not only accepting criticism but also understanding what people want to hear taking it in and then bettering your content because I started following you and I'll be super honest I didn't resonate with it instantly maybe because as a marketer I already know so much that it was very obvious for me but then I saw your content get better every time someone called you out and just like you said you would go down and look at comments I would do the same thing instead of being mean or instead of just being snarky I'll just go look at your comments and see how many people are agreeing with you, how many people are disagreeing. And then and then I see the content change. So 
over time, I would say over the last month, because I've been on Twitter for a short time, I have seen your content change. And which is why I was comfortable having this conversation because I knew you could understand different point of views and you were willing to teach me new things that I didn't know about your point of view or just about thought leaders in general. And then you were willing to accept where, where I was coming from. And I think this has definitely helped me understand a lot more people on Twitter and where they come from. Because like you said, the advice may be basic, but it is just something that has to be said sometimes for, for people that are new, for people that are just starting out. And as long as you can back it up, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And you do come from a marketing operations background. So you have experience. And I, and I feel like I would love to see more personal anecdotes from you. I feel like that would certainly make all of the advice you give out so much more relatable and yeah i just i really hope other thought leaders not not the ones like you stop branding themselves as marketing experts because they're really not they are at best motivational yeah i i mean i I love that because i mean i just say in my thing like i tweet about marketing like i know way like want to claim to anybody that i'm a thought leader or like follow me because i I'm a marketing expert, or I can give you sell your course to make you a million dollars. Like, I just know I started on LinkedIn creating content, and the thing that I brought to Twitter was the stuff on LinkedIn because I heard a lot of I would get DMs from like students and stuff like that, and be like, "Oh, I started like learning psychology because you started talking about psychology." Oh, like what I started reading this book about like. Rory Sutherland and it changed my life and like blah 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 so I was like oh sometimes like these simple like advices help and I also think like I also try to be a content like one of my strengths as a content creator that I know is more of a content curator like like I think I'm good at curating the best content for people like and so they don't have to spend time yeah so I don't think I like necessarily all the time I'm good at creating content I just know like okay, I'm going to save you an hour's of time looking through this content. Here's like, here's content that I think is interesting. Like, for example, this conversation will probably like give me some tweets, like reading a book gives me tweets, like everything, like I, all my inspiration doesn't ever, like when I'm, when I'm tweeting something, it usually comes from like, oh, I talked to someone on my marketing team or I just read a book or I just read a blog post and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm just going to, tweet about it right now and that's where it comes from but i think like i do like your advice like you do what you do really well because you've been talking about what i do really well which the whole time but what you do really well and i admire is that you are really authentic to yourself and bringing humor into your your post and like you don't ever like go off script of that like i think you like stay really authentic and i think there needs to be more content creators like you out there where i think a few people do this well like i think like brianne fleming like my friend brianne she's really authentic to pop culture and yeah she's and like christina she's super authentic to her like her total queen yeah so like all these people like I look up to as like these people who are like are super vulnerable, super authentic, put out things that they they love. And I, I think I admire and I slowly try to be there because I even say to myself, like, I'm trying to I'm like this 
introvert trying to be as extroverted as possible on like, but I still have that introvert tendency of like being in a room, like with a bunch of people and saying something like questionable and like everybody looking at me and being like, Oh, did someone say that to me? Yeah. Like, (laughs) Why is everybody staring at me right now? Like, that's that's how I feel why I tweet. It's like, Oh God, I just tweeted. Who's looking at me in the room right now? Like, Oh goodness. I feel Uh, you. Because when I'm so, I'm still pretty new to Twitter. So I feel like that's why a part of me is a little fearless because I'm new, because I've not seen the bad side and God hope I don't. But I feel like that's what makes me more comfortable with hot takes. Because when I started six months ago, I had zero followers and I was tweeting hot takes left, right and center. And I'm like, nobody's watching this. And in my head, I am still at zero followers. So I still continue to tweet exactly the same way that I was tweeting on my first day on this app nothing has changed I may have started to include a little bit more of my marketing experience because there were I got some crazy dms saying that I'm not following you because it's not enough marketing advice and I'm still new so I took it to heart and I was like oh my god I'm I'm really sorry that I'm not putting out enough marketing advice or especially on the weekends I try to not talk work because I do it from my day job all the time on all these social apps so then on the weekends I just want to have fun and that's when I start to put in a little bit more of my marketing insight into all of the tweets I put out but there is no strategy to my Twitter I, in fact when people tell me like oh my god how did you grow account I'm like you tell me <laughs> if you figure it out tell me how, how it happened because I'm still trying to figure it out myself I have no idea what I did or what I said that attracted people and made them feel like I had anything valuable to add. But like you said, I also try to keep a balanced stand between the humor and the marketing insight. But I want to say I still, I'm still more of just a non-marketer on Twitter because I'm just here to have fun. I started this account to have fun, to basically complain to T-Mobile and get them to shut down my number because I was out of the country. Mm. And then it just... That's really how I started. And then I said something which got like, to me, viral has been like anything more than 10 likes is viral to me. And I just was shouting in the void and I still tweet the same way. And I interact with everyone. I do I do try to learn as much as possible. And it's very overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes now that I that I have enough people that like DM me and criticize me, I do sometimes feel like, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't have said that. For example, I changed my profile picture and, and people got mad at me and they unfollowed me. Some of them blocked me and I'm just like, I just changed my profile picture. Like it's not something I need to think about. So I'm still learning Twitter and how people react to it. But for the most part, in my head, I'm still at zero followers, which is why I feel like I have this and I feel like it's great. It's like my own armor. It helps me keep a thick skin or to just continue being authentic because if I start imagining how many people are watching me it's scary because I do sometimes open my analytics and I'll look at my impressions and I'm like oh my god uh, that, that, that number can be real it's crazy and then for that day I am scared of tweeting because I'm just like, I don't know how many people are watching this. I have to be careful of what I say. But it takes me a day. I'll reset. I'm like, okay, no, I'm still going to talk like I have no followers because that's that's more me and that's how I have fun. And I do want to shout out to Christina. She actually has been a great mentor with this whole thing because 
nobody prepares you for the kind of DMs you get or or for like oh, yeah, random people that you get. Nobody told me mm. that was coming. And everyone's like, oh, you went viral. And I'm like, well, if I could show you my DMs right now, it's not fun. <laughs> but I went to Christina and I'm like, it's very overwhelming when you look at those numbers or when you get these DMs that are so kind. I fully cry. I literally break down when someone says like, oh my God, I love your content and you inspire me. I need two to three business days to digest that, that someone feels that way about me. And then I will take the time out to write them a huge paragraph as a thank you note because in my head, I still haven't done enough to make an impact or to add value to anyone's life. Which is also why like when you followed me or when you wanted me to be on, on your podcast, for a whole day, I was like, why <laughs> so <laughs> it it is certainly amusing and incredible but i don't think i will ever tone myself down or i will ever change how i feel about certain values or or not call out people who are crossing the line and and i don't think that will change if i had zero followers or two or, or two million i don't think i would ever stop being myself yeah i mean i love that and i think like that's a good mentality me because I never like like one time I think I crossed 10k the other day and I was like oh I got 10k and someone told me I got 10k like I don't really care number of followers like my whole thing is like making like these like powerful connections on Twitter and I and I think I've made like pretty like powerful connections on Twitter like Twitter was actually kind of like kind of like you was a mistake I started Twitter a while ago because someone told me that like and this was like in 2009 was like this older person, like it wasn't older, but she was like in her twenties and I was like 13 maybe. And I was, they were like, maybe, no, I don't know what age I was. I wasn't 13. I was a little older than that, but they, they, they were like, Oh, this is going to be the next big thing. A bunch of businesses are using it. Like you should get on there. So I got on there. It didn't do anything. I was just watching for like 10 years or more. <laughs> or even like 11 years and I didn't even follow marketing. Like it wasn't even on there for marketing. It was like following just celebrities and stuff and seeing what they were doing. And then I was like, Oh, LinkedIn's good. There's actually a marketing. Let's see if there's a marketing community out there. So I wanted to be there. And I actually found that like the, the best marketing connections I've made were on like Twitter. And that's why I'm on Twitter. Like I would like Twitter's hard for me because like, like you said, like I can't, it's hard for me to put context to tweets and I can't all the time. And it's hard for me to also be these people who are posting threads the, the whole time. Cause mm. they make me nervous too. Like, cause they, I'm like, Oh my goodness, you're posting so much stuff. I'm like, I don't even know how you're doing this all the time, but like, like, so I'm trying to do balances too, but it's the same thing. Like, it's like, Oh goodness. If I post this, are people going to understand what I'm trying to say? Or like, I try to get like a bunch of people to read a tweet sometimes before I even put it out just so they know like what I'm doing, but I never schedule one post. Like one of my posts, mm. I just, I always like send it to like, like a few of my friends, like, does this even make sense? What I'm about to say, cause I don't want people to think that I'm saying something weird on Twitter. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's good. But the last question I kind of had for you is like, I normally ask like, what are like, most people doing wrong, like thought leaders are doing wrong. But I also want to say, like, what do you think should they should change as well? Like, um, from what you've seen, I do want to say 
I think this is more for the audience and for like thought leaders is that just because someone has a large following does not make them an authority in the field. So I feel that is something to definitely keep in mind. Just when, just because someone has like 10K or 100K followers, it really doesn't make them a leader. I would much rather have you like go down into their tweets, see how they're interacting with people. Like, are they, if they say be kind, are they actually kind? That's a big question. And more often than not, you'll find out that these phony thought leaders are not the kindest people. They are very quick to snap at you if you so much as question their point of view. And, and I feel like that is one thing to keep in mind that just followers does not mean that you're an authority or that you're an expert. It's just basically means you're good at Twitter. You're good at the algorithm. You're good at SEO. That's what it means. But I think what I said earlier, thought leaders could, if genuine thought leaders, I feel like if they could add personal experiences or personal anecdotes to all of the advice they give, it would make it seem so much more genuine than you know, just another, because you can find, all of us can just find these things in a blog. I could literally Google right now, like top 10 tips for marketers and get everything that thought, thought leaders would tweet about for a whole week, right? So like, what makes you stand out? Like, it's your personal experiences. Like for you, Daniel, like you come from years of marketing off, ops and, and, and that's, what, that's what makes you different. You bring a point of view that me as a social media marketer won't have. You bring a point of view that a community builder won't have. So I feel like if thought leaders start adding the experiences, it doesn't even have to be a thread, but like add some personality to those bullshit cookie tweets. I think that would just make it so much better. Um, All right. Yeah, I totally agree with that point. I think. But yeah, I think that would just be my thing. Like, don't give out cookie. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think also, like, if you're going to give cookie kind of thing, make sure, like, you've backed it up in previous tweets or you do, you're practicing what you preach or you have an actionable thing to do it. Like if you're going to say that, like, like me, I I've been called out about that and I agree, like I need to go in depth and I'll probably write a thread on that, but like community building, like I totally like think like it's a thing that people don't do and should be doing more of. But I also think that I could probably community build better than some people that because i actually like get in and talk to people in the community and i think community Mm -hmm. building to me is just relationship building at scale it's doing unscalable things it's like and i think that like the reason why community and i'm going into a roundabout community but, but the reason why i think like community building is a a thing is because not many companies want to do unscalable things like and community building is unscalable the scalable process i do i do tell this to anybody who asks me questions about community like an audience you can't build overnight because you if you have one viral piece of content you'll get followers you'll get engagement and you'll have an audience you can actually do that overnight with a strategy or like dumb luck but for a community there is no fast road it's a very slow process and it takes a lot of work every single day. It's not an overnight thing. So that is something that I would also like when thought leaders tweet about like building communities, uh, keep in mind that it's very easy to say, hey, build a community. But like, what are the lessons that you're giving from your experience to people who are trying to build a community? Because at that point, it's just an echo chamber. Everyone's just going to be like, yes, 
yes, community is great, but like, where do we go from there? And I feel even for content creators or just anybody in a field that considers themselves an expert, it just boils down to you said something cool, you said something funny, but did, did it really make an impact or did it really change anything? Were you able to better someone's life with that thing? Were you able to make someone laugh? Were you able to educate someone? It comes down to entertainment or education at the end of the day. And I feel like thought leaders miss out on both of those things. Yeah. I agree. And I think this has been awesome and it's been really helpful for me to see your point of view and my, and I, like coming from it. And I also think that like, it's like inspired me to do things more actionable, which is good for me because I want, I want people to different types of people to get different things from my content. Like sometimes I'm trying to talk to just a student, but sometimes I want to talk to marketers who've been in the industry who can give me like, critical feedback of this idea is actually a good idea or not a good idea or it works or it didn't work for them or stuff like that marketing twitter is so crazy when i joined just fun fact for for anyone who's listening when i joined and i first found out about marketing twitter i thought it was a place where everybody in marketing like went to cry about their jobs or complain about their jobs because to me that's what twitter was where like people went out to just shout in the void and like talk about how annoying everything is. And that's what I thought marketing Twitter was. It was just all of us who worked in marketing coming together to complain. But then it very quickly turned into like, who's the best marketer? Who has more followers? And I'm just sitting here like, it's never about how many followers you have. It's always about the impact you're making. You could have 10 followers and if all 10 of them buy the book you recommended or all 10 of them apply an actionable item that you told them as a, as a lesson, that's real impact right there. Yeah, I agree that I, one last thing I wanted to leave with is like, how could people follow you and what are some cool things you're doing that you want to like tell the audience? Like this is like your time to do that. Oh, I, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. I, so because everyone now knows that I started as a filmmaker, I will be starting my YouTube channel soon. And this is not like some, this is not like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber and I want to be at 5 million subscribers or anything. But it is a, a, a passion project because filmmaking gives me, or making content in general really fulfills me. Even if one person watches it or like a million people watch it, I want to do, I want to document my life and, and everything that I'm doing for a whole year. So it's a passion project that I will be starting once I am out on a flight back home to Toronto. So I would, I would say it would be great if you could watch out for that. I'll certainly tweet about it. But it's something that I'm very excited about just to do and just to see how it works. But it, it is outside my comfort zone. I've not ever done YouTube before. So I'm very excited about that. And I, I work with Yanko Design. So we cover everything like from architecture, to automotive, sustainable design. And I personally had the sustainable department. So I feel like even as a non-designer, you could find some pretty cool stuff there that is interesting. And it would be great if you have like any feedback from me there. Cause we, I have not met one person that has like seen Yanko design and like not found something they love. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. So if you want to go check what I do for my day job, I'm, I'm sure Daniel will probably leave a link in the description. And then my socials, 
I am just here to think out loud on Twitter. I have no strategy. I'm not trying to promote anything on my personal Twitter, but I do try to make sure that I'm able to make people laugh or just be myself and like encourage people to share how they feel and not worry about what other people think. And I think it's just more fun when all of us are unfiltered. So I think I think that would be that would be what I'm doing and what I'm planning to do that I'm excited about. Cool. And I'll leave a link in the the show notes for everybody to go follow you and if you give me your YouTube channel to subscribe there. So thank you for being on. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I learned a lot about your perspective and I really respect it a lot more now. I super appreciate you having me on. Cool. Thank you so much.